0: Hello and welcome to Let's Enter the Arena. I'm your host, VM Campos. This is the podcast where I talk with a member of the Magic the Gathering community and we focus on Magic Arena. Well, everyone, I've got a return guest to the podcast. Please welcome back Top Hat Tolab. Hello, hello. How are you doing? Anything uh, productive happened today so far?
1: Uh, not a lot. nope, not really.
0: <laughs> Nothing except maybe a little bit of magic here and there.
1: Um, actually, today was more of a, a Dungeons and
0: Dragons day for me. Oh, cool. How did that campaign go?
1: Oh, it's all right. I actually was doing the uh, MMO with the Dungeons & Dragons online. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, well, uh, it's been a little while since you were back on the podcast. It, it honestly doesn't seem like that long ago, but if I check back, it's been like three months or so since you were on the on the podcast.
1: Yeah, I believe we are prepping for the uh, Throne of
0: Eldraine uh, streamer event, actually. Yeah. So that was a little while ago. Uh, Time flies. Well, have you had much time playing with Throne of Eldraine?
1: Uh, Yeah, I've been doing a lot of, uh, you know, in real life paper uh, commander. Uh, I've been doing, you know, my dailies on arena Uh, Mm -hmm. Been trying to figure out a streaming schedule. I have been on a little bit of a hiatus due to some like, you know, real life issues, but I've been Mm -hmm. trying to work on a schedule to come back, start streaming some arena during the day and then some other games during
0: the evening time. Oh, that's cool. So you'd kind of vary it up a little bit, some magic plus something else?
1: Yeah, usually uh, Dungeons & Dragons Online. That's the other game that I'm pretty much uh, consistently streaming. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, cool. Let's take a moment to give you the opportunity to promote anything you'd like. What about a Twitter or when you get back to the streaming and such? Anything you'd like to promote?
1: Uh, yeah, so my Twitter is uh, is twitter.com slash top hat to lab. I post my updates there. I'll be posting my schedule when I get a a hard schedule right now. It's kind of like I'm streaming when I have the time to, Mm. um, but I'm going to be narrowing down pretty quickly here. uh, A hard schedule. Uh, And when I stream, I'm going to be streaming over at twitch.tv slash top hat to lab. And I am also going to be uh, starting a a YouTube uh, up here very, very soon and uh, posting Probably mostly magic videos over there uh, and that'll, that'll be
0: coming out. I'm just not sure the URL quite yet. Sure. Now, what do you think you'll be posting on, on YouTube? Uh,
1: mostly magic, uh, you know, deck text, uh, some games here and there, uh, perhaps some box openings and such like that.
0: Oh, cool. I'll be on the lookout for it once it launches. Well, what we've got in store for this week's podcast is uh, we're going to do um, a somewhat of a deck tech in that we're going to talk about some brawl. Um, We're going to put the notes of these decks in the show notes, the full deck list and everything right in the show notes if people want to check out these decks. Uh, so our our particular goals were, were to pick uh, a commander or a brawlmander, I've heard some people call call him that, and then kind of make a deck. So uh, would you like to start off? What's the uh, commander, the legendary that you chose for your particular deck?
1: Uh, sure. So uh, I chose one of the brawl uh, pre-constructed commanders, Tulane mm-hmm. uh, uh, Teller of Tells. Uh, that is one that... When it, it got spoiled, I believe it was one of the very first uh, yeah. uh, spoiled cards uh, from Throne of Drain, and I absolutely fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. I uh, I just love these kind of commanders that are very value-driven, uh, but they have little aspects to them
0: that set them aside from other value commanders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the three colors, you're able to do a little bit of everything in green-white or blue so you'll be tapping into all of those colors are, are those colors that you often run
1: um i usually run some form of blue mm-hmm. um but usually i'm more like in the bug area um sometimes i'll be you know in some grixis uh bant not so much i'm not really a uh a, a white player i don't really care for that like you know play a bunch of little dudes and turn them Mm -hmm. sideways, you know. Um, I really enjoy doing big flashy things, and that's exactly what Shulane wants to do is big flashy things.
0: Yeah, seems like it, so reading the card, it is a 5-mana cost, 2-4 uh, with Vigilance. Whenever you cast a creature spell, draw a card, then you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield, so you can get a little bit of, of um, acceleration and mana there, perhaps, but you already need 5 mana for him, so maybe that's not the big the big deal. But then it's got the 3-plus-tap return target creature you control to its owner's hand. So in general, like, what are you trying to do with this commander?
1: Well, that growth spiral effect actually is, mm-hmm. uh, probably the best part of that card, mm-hmm. um, because it's going, the land comes in untapped. That's the, the really important thing that a lot of people aren't, aren't noticing is that mm-hmm. this, that it never says tapped. So if you have a planes, you put the planes into play and it comes in untapped and that lets you kind of keep going. So you, what Shulane really wants you to do is set up uh, a board, say full of mana dorks and, um really start, you know, throwing multiple creatures out of turn. And then that bounce effect, um, there's actually a few kind of interesting things that you can do with that bounce effect. Uh, one of them being, you know, obviously returning cards to your hand, uh, that mm-hmm. are going to be, you know, used again to either grow spiral or get some more value. So like, you know, if you get, let's say that I have a de- deputy attention in here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if I put that down and exile a bunch of tokens. Um, that deputy attention is not doing anything anymore, right? So yeah. if you are able to bounce that, you can reuse that ability. And that's a lot of what the, uh, the Chulain deck is wanting to do is reuse these enter the battlefield effects to value out until you can either overwhelm them with value or overwhelm them with a, uh, a certain combo that I have in the deck and, mm-hmm. uh, or just, you know, just big beefy creatures that you can just have enter the battlefield several times,
0: get their trigger off and go, go wide from there. Hmm, okay. Okay. I'm starting to see it now. Yeah. You've got a couple of uh, engines that could happen there with that growth spiral effect, bouncing things back. Okay. That's starting to make a little bit more sense. One of the other really important things about that uh, ability of bouncing it back to your, your hand
1: is I want to point out that that does not say another creature. Mm-hmm. So if they want to get rid of Chulane, in response you can bounce Chulane back to your hand uh, mm-hmm. and make him a little cheaper where, where you don't have to pay the commander tax. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Wow, that's even more value there. That's so true. You often get kind of maybe used to something saying another creature, another target creature, or whatever. But yeah, this is something that you can do right on right on himself. Yeah. So we'll look at more of your cards in this deck in just a moment. Let's Look at mine for a moment. Now, here's the thing. Here's, here's the here's the funny thing. Here's the weird thing that we can chat, chat about. So Brawl is, in theory, all of the cards that are in Standard. But if you go poking around in Magic Arena, you can actually create a deck known as Friendly Brawl. Have you noticed that? Yeah, I have. Or you have uh, cards that are like older, uh, like Historic. Yeah, so it's like Wizards is sort of like Stealth doing Historic Brawl which is kind of like really weird because they've been saying, okay, brawl is going to be in standard. And people say, well, no thanks, I'd stick with commander. But then they have this sort of historic brawl where people can still play with the cards that uh, rotate it out. So I think that's kind of interesting. Uh, What do you think in general about that? Them sort of like not really promoting, but apparently there's historic brawl as well.
1: Um, So I have a real life uh, friend here. He's part of my play group for uh, commander. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I've brought up brawl to him several times and he's just not interested. He's not interested in his, in uh, standard brawl. Mm-hmm. However, when we talk about it, every time that I bring it up, he brings up the fact that if he, if you could bring brawl to modern, Mm-hmm. bring it all the way back to modern he would be totally on board 100 ready to play mm-hmm. so i think that there's definitely a market there for wizards to kind of expand into um i think this is interesting uh for arena for them to have the historic on there it definitely gives uh some ability for you to play with your friends that either may not be playing uh as much as you are and don't have the access to all the cards or you know maybe they take a took a big, long break and they only have, you know, cards from like Ixalan or Mm. whatever, you know, it's, it's an interesting, uh, interesting way to widen the community.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, when people start to talk about, so here's like a philosophical segue. Um, when people start to talk about, well, if brawl was a little bit more in the modern card pool, I don't feel so much like, well, why don't I just go with commander? So what's the big allure of having the restrictions of brawl, but just with a modern card pool, do you think?
1: Well, see, um, the thing with, uh, with commander, uh, is that if you, you know, you, you, obviously have, you have varying, uh, you know, play groups where you have, you know, some people that have like really casual commanders and they don't have the, um, the, you know, all the cards. And then you have other people that when you're playing commander with them, you might as well be playing vintage, right? <laughs> so pushing a brawl to a, a modern uh you know a modern list is going to make it so that you
0: have more options on who you're going to play with
1: uh, with a commander
0: mm-hmm. okay so what I did in my particular brawl is I went with the Historic Route. Uh, I see you stayed more in like the standard uh, brawl. So I went over with Historic Brawl, or Friendly Brawl, whatever they want to call it at the moment. And my commander happened to be Elenda, the Dusk Rose. So this is a creature that rotated out because she's in Rivals of Ixalan. Um, and she's four man in total. She's black and white. The identity is black and white. She's just a 1-1, one, one, but she's got lifelink. And I really like her effect because it's such it's such a Timmy-Tammy effect. Uh, whenever another creature dies, put a plus-one, plus-one counter on Elenda. And whenever Elenda dies, create X, one-one, white vampire creature tokens with lifelink, where X is Elenda's power. So in theory, this deck that I crafted is a lot of life gain, a lot of little creatures, a lot of vampires. And hopefully things are dying, and Elenda's getting bigger. And then there's the payoff that when she dies, if I choose to have her, of course, go to the graveyard, then I get all of these... Um, all of these one-one vampires that I just think is just so fun. Not this is not a tier deck or anything like that, but this is the kind of decks that I like to play—just weird, fun, interesting, on-topic, like tribal decks.
1: Oh, I, I, I'm absolutely a fan of tribal decks. I, I love uh, everything about tribal decks, <laughs> and even if they may not be the most competitive in the world. And, you know, sometimes they are, but uh, sometimes they're not. Uh, but I, mm-hmm. I still, you know, I'll play a bad tribe just because I like the tribe, you
0: know? <laughs> yeah. I ended up liking the vampire tribe uh, in Ixalan. I got back into magic after Hour of Devastation. So when uh, the new set came out, it was the whole uh, Ixalan and then Rivals of Ixalon block. And I and I liked uh, their sort of reliance on tribe, on, you know, dinosaurs and pirates and vampires and such. So I was sold on it. And I wanted to make a deck... Um that was vampire-based uh with this as one of the main cards and after uh Brawl was announced and so forth, and I never really played it very much in in paper, but now that that it's on digital and you can 1v1 people or you can wait on Wednesdays to play, I'm back and trying a little bit more brawl, and this is pretty enjoyable. So this particular deck, let's see what is one more star. Um in this deck, uh, Forerunner of the Legion. I really like that as a tutor for another vampire, and then you get a little bit of value out of it that when you summon another vampire, you can give plus one to another vampire. So they kind of synergize with each other really well, and that's what I like about this particular build. Right. What's another card or two that uh, you like in that Tulane deck that uh, really comes together?
1: Well, I think uh, just kind of going down and breaking down like importance of the deck is is relevant. Um, Hmm. So, if you look here, I have a bunch of mana dorks and that is something that, you know, obviously Chulain wants you to have loads and loads of mana. He wants you to have as much mana as you can draw cards. So, you know, I have things like, you know, leaf druid, incubation druid, mm-hmm. uh, basically when I was building the deck, I went, okay, what adds mana, you know? Okay. Mm-hmm. It's, it's in the deck, you know, it, it, that's just the way I went, methodically went about building this deck. Uh, there is a couple of, uh, rocks in here, um, being uh three of them to be no two of them to be accurate uh which is the arcane signet and the chromatic lantern because you don't want to just rely on just uh mm-hmm. mana uh creatures because if you do you know first board wipe and you're just you're out of the game yeah you know one mana dork that's that's really relevant i want to bring up is uh fey elder uh it's a three mana uh mana creature that says you tap for uh the number of uh colors uh among permanents you control so it's uh it is uh, bloom tender, uh, a fixed bloom tender, if you will. Um, but mm. that uh, card is going to be really relevant in uh, what will be my next segment on this part of the deck.
0: Well, that's cool. Fill me in on, on how this fixes, which card uh, bloom tender. Uh, so bloom tender
1: was a, a two mana version of Fey barrel elder. Uh, that was, it was, it was just a simple mana Dork you tap to uh, add color uh, mana equal to the number of colors you control. So, mm. The Bloom Tender is currently going for like, I believe, $60, $70 right now. Mm. Uh, And this one is just a fixed version because adding that one extra mana is pretty relevant, uh, especially when you're being a a pretty competitive, uh, you know, competitive format.
0: Mm -hmm. What do you think about now having sort of uh, Arcane Signet as like an auto-include in a brawl or maybe even in a commander deck?
1: Um, I think it's an auto-include if you're three or more colors. Uh, two or more, I'm less uh, less excited about it.
0: Mm-hmm. That makes sense because uh, you're always trying to uh, scramble for the right mana at the right time with a tri-color. So it would make sense maybe just put in a few uh, to fix your two colors, maybe just some Shocklands or some plain old um, Scrylands? Uh,
1: I mean, I think Shocklands, uh, if you're playing... Uh, any color combination, then you're going to run, you know, the shock lands are irrelevant. So if you're playing, you know, Teferi as your commander, you're going to run hollowed fountain. If you're mm-hmm. playing, you know, uh, you know, it's I'm running hollowed fountain, temple garden, you know, mm-hmm. uh, breeding pool. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
1: they're just such good mana that you, you don't really want to skimp on that.
0: Mm-hmm. The funny thing is that I always forget that Chromatic Lantern itself is a mana rock. I know that it, uh, you know, turns all your all your lands into any color, basically. But I always forget that it's uh, it's also a mana rock. And then I think people, I'm safe that someone is tapped out, but like, nope, they have one more mana with that rock. Right. So on mine, um, it definitely still needs tuning because all I'm really doing, I do have the uh, Arcane Signet, um, but besides that, well, I'm doing Command Tower. Um what do you think about that is perhaps an auto-include as well in in many brawl decks?
1: Uh I think Command Tower is an auto-include in just about any deck. I mean, obviously the the one color decks you don't need it, but the uh, the two and more, yeah, it's an auto-include. So it's a land that comes in untapped unless you add whatever mana you
0: feel like. Mm-hmm. So I've also got Castle Loftwain. Um that's the one that synergizes with um with swamps and i like it's um i like it's draw a card ability whenever you need a mana sink you pay three mana two black one more draws a card it does give you uh, a little damage based on how much how many cards you have in your hand, but I've found that in not just in brawl decks, but I've found most decks where I'm running uh heavy black that that castle Lothwain has really helped me out just to get a card when I need it. And it's been pretty ne- negligible most of the time when it pings me for an extra card or two. What about yourself? Have you used any of these new Eldraine cards, very uh, Eldraine land cards very much?
1: Uh, well, I have, uh, the, the blue castle and, uh, the blue castle and the green castle actually in my list. Mm. Um, uh, I love the blue castle, uh, when I'm playing ranked right now, I'm currently playing the fires deck. Mm. Um, and, uh, that's actually just a, a huge, huge advantage when you're, when you have a fires down, you know, you cast your yeah. two spells and then you can scry, you know, for free basically. Yeah. And, and you're setting up your, your, uh, your draws to continue to just outpressure them and out, outvalue
0: them. Yeah, I've been pretty impressed with people when I run into those uh, that Fires deck, that um, if you're running it the right way, two spells is all you need, because you know you're locked into those two spells, but then you've got that Castle Vantress, the blue, the blue land, with that scry, like you said, it's totally free, you haven't, um, it's not a spell, it's an activated ability, so you can really set up your next two turns. Right. And then the castle Garenbrig. Uh, that one. What is it? Oh, that's the one that gives you a ton of extra green mana, eh? It gives you six green mana. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Six green mana for the cost of four. So you net two uh, extra green mana. You can only use it on creatures, though.
0: Hmm. Okay. I've got the. I've got this. Uh, when this combo really pops off, I, I really love it. Uh, so we've got list. I've got a uh, Soren. The three mana
1: Soren. Imperious Blood Lord, black and two for a four mana loyalty. Uh, plus one uh, creature, uh, target creature you control gains death touch and life link until end of turn. If it's a vampire, put a plus one plus one counter on it. Uh, plus one, you may uh, sacrifice a vampire. If you do, it deals three damage to target to any target, and you gain three life. And uh, minus three, uh, you may put a vampire creature card from your hand onto the battlefield.
0: That's the third ability there. That's the ultimate that I really like. So so um, that's what I like about this Planeswalker a lot. That, that minus three, you can use it right away. Usually you have to build up to that ultimate. And what I love to do with this is minus three so I can bring in the Hunt of Hightower. That is that six casting cost Legendary Vampire. 3-3 three, three flying lifelink uh, whenever it attacks defending player discards a card whenever a card is put into the opponent's graveyard from anywhere put a 1-1 one, one counter so i've had this haunt of the high tower get really really big really fast with that sort of like double uh you know combo of sword and imperious bloodlord minus three get the high tower out right away and then start beating with it and getting bigger and just whittling down my opponent's hand i really like that aspect of this deck
1: yeah, I was using uh, that Soren uh, to put in uh, uh, things like how you have Sanctum Seeker mm-hmm. uh, putting stuff like that in.
0: Hmm. Yeah, exactly. I was I was seeing that people were was it still black and white vampires or just mono black vampires that people were kind of synergizing with Soren and the Sanctum Seeker. It was still black white vampires. Mm-hmm. I think they have some pretty good synergies there. So once you've got a little, a lot of little vampires on the field, turn them sideways, and that Sanctum Seeker does its thing. Right. So what are a few more cards on, on your list? So um,
1: it's funny that you kind of went into the combo aspect of your deck, which is where I was going to go with mine on the next one. Mm-hmm. Uh, During the last time that Brawl was really big on Arena, everybody was going down the whole... I'm going to play brawl, but I'm going to play all the participant petitioners. <laughs> um, and I kind of went, well, okay, if that's the way that the meta is going to go, then I'm going to, I'm going to play a card against that. And that's, uh, Jace. Uh, <laughs> so that's, uh, basically laboratory maniac. Uh, if, uh, you draw a card and you can't, you win the game. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to have that in the deck as a, as a way of just like, Hey, you know, you're playing this deck the unfortunate part for you is that you're playing mono blue. And then if you can't counter this, then you, you basically lose because you have no way to remove it other than attack it. And I've got a bigger board state than you. Mm-hmm. I apologize for my dogs. Um,
0: that's okay. They just want to join the podcast. Yeah, that's right. Yes.
1: Uh, the Faber elder. Um, so it does have a combo in this deck and it is a multi-part combo, but, uh, I'll go through it here. Mm-hmm. So the Faber elder, if you have it equipped with a, uh, gauntlets of might, or, uh, gauntlets of light, gauntlets of light. <laughs> so, gauntlets of light reads, uh, white into, uh, enchant creature. Enchant creature has, uh, plus, oh, plus two, uh, blah, blah, blah. That's not relevant. The, the relevant part of the card is enchant creature has white into untap this creature. Mm-hmm. So, if you have that, and then you have a, uh, a biomancer's familiar. Uh, which is uh, blue green, your activated abilities cost two less. Mm. You can now activate, uh, the untap ability for, uh, one white. Mm-hmm. So you will tap the favor elder to add uh, blue, white, and green, and then you use the white to untap it. You now have blue green floating. This is infinite mana. Mm. So with Tulane, infinite mana basically means infinite card draw because you just draw your entire deck by just casting the creatures and uh infinite mana obviously you're you're going to be able to win in in many many different ways of you know you can infinite mana and gain uh you know do a huge hydroid crisis or infinite mana and you know draw into your jace and then just continue drawing until you win Mm -hmm. so that is the little aspect of this deck that makes it combo
0: oh wow really cool yeah so um yeah, infinite mana with uh, with a couple of tricks there. If the pieces are all together, have you have you managed to put the pieces together yet on on a, on a game? Um, most of the
1: time, when I'm winning with two lane, I'm winning through that combo because the thing is is that you know it's a, you think okay this is a combo that has so many different moving pieces. How can you expect to get that? But the thing is is when you're drawing so many cards, it's very very easy for you to set up a combo like that, even if it is many pieces because you you just draw so much, you know when to play it. What order to play it, and then you just play it when you can.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. If uh, do you feel that the combo is fragile, like if those, uh, uh, if you, do you have any way to recur anything, unless you, in case you lose a piece of it?
1: Um, so the Gauntlets of Light, I cannot recur. The, there is no way to recur that. Um, the creatures, I can recur uh, one by using a Finale. Uh, which is also a mm. tutor for the other piece. So that's kind of an extra little bonus to it. And then obviously Chulain can protect it as well, uh, just by, you know, bouncing the combo piece back to your hand. Um, as well as I have the uh, artifact that uh, the portal that lets you bounce something as well, uh, that can help you protect it. And also Teferi, uh, just if I want to oh, combo sure. in one turn, then I have to ferry to
0: be able to say, no, you can't interact during my turn. Mm-hmm yeah exactly okay yeah those that's cool that's a pretty interesting combo there so like i said earlier in the podcast we're, we're going to put these lists in the show notes if people want to want to check these out cool on my list here uh i'm doing a pseudo uh, or a minimal uh, aristocrats aspect to it i've got the cruel celebrant so i've got a, lo- a lot of low casting cost the curve is pretty low uh, I've got like 12, uh, in, uh, 12 cards in the 2 slot and 10 cards in the 3 slot. So the Cruel Celebrant is there that can come out pretty early on. Uh, got a lot of little ones, little one drops. That, uh, Duskborn, Sky Marcher. Uh, there, that's that 1 1, Sky March Aspirant. So that'll let me ascend. And I got a 2 1 flyer. Um, and then if I need to uh, do the Cruel Celebrants. Maneuver, I can do Final Payment. Um, that's been kind of an interesting card for two mana, either five life or sack a creature, destroy another opponent's creature. What do you think about those sort of, like, not exactly symmetrical effects, but uh, in this case, I could be sacking one of my own creatures for one of their creatures.
1: Well, I mean, in, in normal, I don't really care that much. I mean, they're they're okay. They're, they're decent. You know, um, obviously I'd rather just play, like, a you know a doom blade or something like that but <laughs> you know um as far as in this deck however you want your creatures to die so you that sacrifice a creature it doesn't matter you you want your creatures to die to give you value for linda so i think it's it's way better in this style deck than it is in a normal deck
0: mhm and with even if you need to suddenly get rid of something of theirs very early on, five life is is a lot. But you start off with twenty five in uh, in brawl. What do you think about the the varying life totals of either twenty five or thirty compared to uh, you know uh, commander? Uh, is it uh, did they pick like some good starting life totals besides the one that we're used to at forty?
1: Um, well, I mean, I was a little. I thought it was a little odd for them to do 25 instead of the 30, which is the uh, dual commander life. But mm-hmm. I guess I could see it, uh, you know, just based on the, you know, it's two player, you know, if you started at 40, the games would take forever, you know, uh, it would give mm-hmm. them unfair advantage to uh really hard control decks, you know, things like that. Mm
0: hmm.
1: I don't think that the five life is as relevant as,
0: uh, you know, it, it could be. Mm hmm. Well, what I've also got in the deck that uh, having a little bit more life really helps out is I've got the Adanto Vanguard. I know I, I've, I've gotten a lot of value out of that card when it was really in standard before it rotated. And the four life there, when you had 20 starting life, it, it could take a chunk out. But even uh, with just five more in 25 life, uh, that Vanguard's really going to survive a lot of things. Uh, so I've got that in the deck and when it attacks, uh, one kind of mini combo that happens is if I've got, uh, let's see, if I've got Forerunner of the Legion... And I've also got Maverin Fine. So if I'm attacking, like, let's say with an Adanto Vanguard, well, it gets the plus two plus one, uh, plus two, plus zero, so it's a three-one. And if I've got also the Forerunner plus Maverin Fine, well, Maverin makes a, uh, a new uh, Vampire token. Well, that triggers the Forerunner, which gives something plus one, plus one. And once those three cards are out, you're kind of really pumping up this pretty indestructible uh, Vanguard.
1: What I've always liked with the Vanguard is being able to go, uh, turn one Knight of the Ebon, and then turn two, drop a to Vanguard and just pay the four life, mm-hmm. uh, and then you get a, uh, counter on your instep with the, uh, Knight of the Ebon Legion.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, um, that's again the synergy of this, uh, which is interesting that, okay, Knight of the Ebon Legion, that came out in M20, um, uh a set or two, actually like three, well several sets past Ixalan, so uh, do you think that is something that was held over from from back on the Ixalan block that they released over on M20? Uh,
1: I don't think it was actually something that they had really considered. Um, I think that they were like, hey, here's this cool vampire, let's give it a cool ability, and then the, the uh, Adanto Vanguard quote-unquote combo was more of a happy accident. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, once again, kind of thinking outside the box because it's usually, you know, it says at the beginning of your end step, if a player, if any player basically lost four or more life. Yeah, but you can do it to yourself and just get that auto uh, right out of that Adanto Vanguard to yourself. Cool. Right. What else do you have in your, in your deck?
1: Uh, so we've already kind of gone over a little bit of like how great Chu-lane is, you know. I've I've lushed over on this entire episode, <laughs> but uh, you know what is what is better than uh, one Chu-lane, but two Chu-lanes. <laughs> so I have Spark Double in here. Uh, so there's obviously obviously a lot of creatures and planeswalkers that I would want to co- uh, copy with Spark Double in here. But the main one I want to copy is two because if I am casting a creature, drawing two, putting two lands into play, Mm -hmm. that just like, feels like a position where I just can't lose. Mm -hmm,
0: Definitely. Yeah. It's, um, these, this type of effect of cloning a creature. It's been around since the beginning of magic, like way back from, I believe the first one was simply called clone, wasn't it? Yeah. So they've done iterations on that throughout the, throughout the, the decades
1: Right, but what makes Spark Double special is that this can actually copy a Legendary Creature or Planeswalker, and I have two copies of that now, which is going against normally what Legendary World wants you to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And the counter is nice, it's not really that relevant, but it's nice.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, I'm I'm vaguely remembering, I don't think it was the same thing, but uh, Quasi-Duplicate? Was that something similar?
1: Uh, It was a clone effect, but you couldn't copy Legendary Creatures with it
0: oh okay so then definitely here with spark double it takes off the legendary aspect of it okay so yeah if one true is good two true lanes is more good that's right i noticed you had a uh an Oketra in here uh, anything uh anything special about that besides it's the amazing ability to just make more more four four zombies
1: yeah, that's that's basically it. When you fill your deck full of creatures, you want some type of payoff. Uh so my payoffs in here for creature base is uh Oketra making an army of four fours as well as the um uh what I what I call the war pig. Uh what is it? The uh in raise forerunners. Uh mm-hmm. it's basically a fixed crater hoof behemoth. Mm, okay. Uh as well as the uh Thorn Mammoth, uh, which is a great, great removal when you
0: have a deck full of creatures. Mm-hmm. Isn't it interesting that, you know, that like that Thorn Mammoth, I don't really see it played. I play a lot of the latter, and I don't recall really seeing that one, but isn't it cool that you can still give life to some of these cards in in just the right deck?
1: Oh, yeah, I love I love that aspect of Commander and, and even Brawl. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Brawl because of it. Um, you know, these cards like this where, you know, this is, you know... This is a seven-mana card. In in Standard, you can't be playing seven-mana cards that don't just say, I win the game. Yeah. Uh, Thorn Mammoth does not do that. Mm-hmm. Now, Thorn, Thorn Mammoth says, I probably am going to win this game, but <laughs> yes. it doesn't just say, I win this game.
0: Yeah, exactly. And the End Race Forerunners is sort of similar to, I see it rarely, but... Um, definitely in this deck where you're building a lot of mana with all those mana dorks and then you've got some sort of payoff eventually uh that's another one uh that you might not see that often but when uh when it's in the right deck it really works out
1: right well i mean like what's nice with the the forerunner and chulane is that you can get uh two uh two abilities off of it possibly even three if you have the the mana and a spark double uh, but, you know, you can get, uh, you know, plus two, plus two and trample is great. But then, you know, when you can bounce it, replay it, <laughs> now everything's plus four, plus four. And now you really, really are getting into like crater hoof, uh, you know, type of damages.
0: Yeah. And with that trample, some of it's going to definitely get through. Right. I've got, uh, like I said earlier, a little bit of life gain strategy. So, what I like in this deck now, I didn't put in some of the other, uh, creatures where, where life matters. Uh, there's that one, um, there's that one creature that once it, if you have 25 or more life, it gets double strike. Uh, i have to look that one up so that one's not in here because i one of the things that when i that i do when i build decks is i I really do go for like you know the stipulations and the uh tribe and all of that so i did keep however the bloodthirsty aerialist and the uh savage gorger so uh two three casting cost, cost creatures that every time you gain life they get just you know larger and larger plus they've got flying so that's always cool and I've got several uh, ways to gain life here and there. Uh, looking at it, I, I think I might uh, maybe put in uh, one of the tapped lands that, that gains you life. Uh, is there a black and white one that gives you life? Oh, there, um, the there is
1: a Scoured Baron, I believe it was what's it called. I believe it's Scoured Baron. Yeah,
0: I think I've seen it. Uh, That might be something to to add here, since I've got a few creatures that care about gaining life, so why not just drop a land and gain a little life as well?
1: Right. Uh, I've never been a fan of those. I have a couple in this list just because I want the mana. Yeah. Uh, But, I mean, personally, I don't like lands that come into play tapped. And, I mean, one life in the grand scheme of things is not really
0: much. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, overall, I'm not too much into it either. I, I, I really don't like to get that uh, that setback of having a tapped land. I suppose just in a deck, though, that does have a little bit of focus on creatures where life gain matters, I, I'd put that in there. But definitely, uh, besides that, I, I, I really wouldn't do that. Right. Uh, lastly, one of the things that I that I like in this deck is uh, I've got the Vanquisher's Banner, so 5-mana uh, artifact. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, pick a creature type. Creatures of the chosen type get plus 1, and whenever you cast a creature of that chosen type, you draw a card. So that's uh, a little bit of the 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 card uh, uh, engine there. If you're able to cast more of those uh, smaller 1-1s, you can pull off a few extra uh, cards from the top of your deck not as many as Chulain, but uh, as the chulane deck but th- that's something going on in this deck
1: right um one uh one of the card i kind of want to showcase here mm-hmm. and i want to be i want to be like real real here okay mm-hmm. my friends if you're in green and you're playing commander or you're playing brawl you 100 should be playing
0: guardian project that enchantment is absolutely absurd Let's see, Guardian Project. Whenever a non-token creature enters a battlefield under your control, if it doesn't have the same name as another, uh, or a creature card in your graveyard, draw a card. Oh,
1: See, this is a card that I just don't see being run hardly anywhere. Yeah. You know, like I'm seeing some in the, the red-green decks, you know, but like even in Commander, I'm not seeing people run this card, and this card is great because how do we win games in Commander and Brawl other than just having more resources in our opponent. And this is one of the ways that we should be getting more and more resources off of this one single card. Just being able to draw a card. Th- this reads in Commander and Brawl, it reads play a creature, draw a card. Yes.
0: Exactly. With everything being a singleton, it's like it can't not uh, gain you cards. Right. And since it also has a stipulation that um, non-token creature, well, who cares if you did a, you know, spark double or any sort of way uh, to make tokens, it's, it's, um, it's just based on uh, named cards.
1: Well, I mean, even if you're, you're doing the card, you know, like I've got Tulsamir in here, right? Tulsamir says when he enters battlefield, you create a, uh, a token Mm -hmm. that fights, right? So like, okay, I'm not drawing off of the token, but I am drawing off token Yes. You know, so I'm drawing a card off Tulsmear, drawing a card off Tulane, and fighting. <laughs> like, that's just a ton of value
0: right there. Mm-hmm. Now, I noticed in the list, I'm seeing it highlighted in red, Field of the Dead.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure why that's highlighted in red. It's not
0: banned, so. Maybe it's just uh, the the Goldfish isn't quite uh, s- is seeing it as a Brawl deck for some reason. Right.
1: So when when you do the three color uh, the three color um, decks, you're going to have a lot of you know obviously utility lands and lands that are going to give you a lot of different you know colors. So being able to have Field of the Dead is going to give you a lot of uh, tokens, especially when you're being able to play you
0: know two, three, even four lands a turn because of Chulain. Would you think that? If Field of the Dead were restricted rather than banned, it might have fixed a few things and prevented a few uh, feel-bads? Um, I don't know. I, I don't really feel that Field
1: of the Dead was that big of an issue. I mean, I know, yeah, sure, people had problems dealing with it because it is a land. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, uh, maybe it's just me. I run a a relentless amount of board wipes and it just was never a problem for me Mm. but i I can see it uh restricting it probably would have helped but i'm not sure how much because you know it was very easy to just go get field of the dead and then you would be able to get enough tokens to to swing out the next turn and and win
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i could definitely see that uh if people are running four of they could definitely run away with the game and such and it was hard to interact yeah you can't really react to a land although uh, i did get some pleasure here and there when i was able to tail's end um a um a field of the dead that's the counter spell that actually counters an activated or triggered ability
1: yeah yeah i i was using uh when i was playing against it i, I was playing field of the dead decks because i was I mean, I'm I'm not saying that I was the one that created decks by any means, but like I was one of the very first people that was going, "Hey guys, pay attention here because mm-hmm. Field of the Dead and Scape Shift is legal, mm-hmm. like together. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. I play Scape Shift in Modern. Um, I play the the four color version of, Sp- uh, of Scape Shift in Modern, and it, it was great. And I was like, "Hey, now I can play Scape Shift in Modern and in Standard, and you know it was great. But uh, when I was playing against it, uh, one of my, you know, texts of it was either, you know, the, the, the tail's end, which is, it's an okay answer to it. It's not great, obviously, mm. but, uh, the one that's really great is, is legion's end.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Legion's end, uh, not as efficient, but I also like, uh, Witch's vengeance, which gives minus three, minus three to any creatures of the chosen type. Obviously legion's end, uh, is, is a lot more efficient and it lets you look at the opponent's hand, but yeah, uh, Deputy detentions another great answer yeah. for it. Mm-hmm. Now, would you say, however, that is the very definition of warping the meta if everyone is trying to deal with that deck and they're going to run the same cards?
1: Um. Yeah. I mean, that, but that's what we're going through right now with Oko. Right? Is that everybody's having to put
0: cards that just answer Oko into the deck? Mm-hmm. Well, the uh, the announcement just happened, and uh, big news on the eighteenth. Yeah, big news. Uh, finally Oko is just gone Oko.
1: He's gone Ko. unco. that's right. <laughs> sure there's many people happy and many, many 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 people crying right now, but that's all right, you know. We we play with cards that are too powerful and that's kind of what happens, you know.
0: You fly too close to the sun and you you get
1: your uh, your wings melt. That's right. Uh so one thing I did want to bring up uh, that I had forgot uh, that I forgot to mention was um we're talking about my combo in here with the, the Fabro Elder.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I do want to point out as well that Incubation Druid uh, is another replacement for Fabro Elder. Um, it's not quite as good because it doesn't add, you know, a band or whatever, you know, but if you have a counter on it, it does tap for three. So really the relevant part is being able to have something that taps for three. And then you use uh, the uh, Biomancers Familiar to bring that cost down to one white, mm-hmm. so that you can uh, untap and ha- add two mana. So mm-hmm. you can replace uh, the uh, Druid for the
0: Faber Elder. You would want the Elder, however, a little bit more than than the mm-hmm. uh,
1: Druid. You do want the Elder more, yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that's pretty cool, though, that you have a somewhat of a of a replacement in case there is some sort of a you know broken broken part of the of the combo right i notice you also I, I gotta go i gotta look through your lands a little bit more because I, I like i said on mine it's mine's still getting tuned up it's it's a little basic i'm not using really any utility lands and there definitely are some that i could i see that you've got the blast zone uh so i think that one works uh, pretty well as a sort of a um a safety valve sometimes don't you think
1: yeah it, it can be awkward uh you really gotta you really gotta pay attention and, and plan your moves out a couple of turns ahead because you know you can you know if you see something that you know that you're going to need to blast zone you're going to want to make sure that you don't get blown out by your own blast zone as well
0: mm-hmm i've uh used it when it when it first came out in uh War of the spark I actually did crack one in real life and i had it in a deck and uh, as as the wise man said, reading the card explains the card. I don't know why, for some reason, in the beginning I thought it, that it would wipe out creatures of that CMC and lower. I don't know where that came from, but it's obviously just that CMC. Right.
1: Well, I think it's mainly because most cards that say that are X and lower, you know. But this is explosives on a on a card, you know.
0: Hmm. It's got to be more targeted. Yeah well, um uh, do you think you talked about what you uh wanted to say about the deck overall
1: uh yeah, there's yeah, I've got a, pretty much everything i mean i obviously there's you know the, the removal aspect, which is you know I have uh things like uh you know, the, the artifact, you know, exile something, uh, one cool bit of removal is time wipe where you can, uh, wipe the board, mm-hmm. uh, bounce, you know, your most profitable creature, whether that be chulane or, you know, something else, and then, uh, put it back into play. But most of my removal is going to be in on the creatures, which is like the, uh, thorn mammoth, which is when it enters battlefield, you fight. And then you, uh, whenever a creature in the battlefield, you fight again. So you can, you know, mm-hmm. uh, kind of plan your turns out to where, This thing can continue to live and you can take out, you know, one or two little creatures or one giant creature. Uh, Obviously the uh, meteor goal, Mm -hmm. which is really sweet because you can put it into play, balance it with two put it back into play, you know, kind of (laughs) things like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, a lot of fighting things, Tulsimir fights, you know, uh, things like that. That's all my removal kind of package.
0: Mm-hmm. well that's cool definitely that you're putting removal on a body in instead of just having it on one spell that then just goes away so that's a pretty cool foresight right didn't uh isn't there's another there's another hydra but i'm not sure i don't think you have it there's another hydra that is like a legendary hydra that also sort of like fights anything that if it targets one of your creatures yeah,
1: yeah it, if it targets one of your creatures you can fight something but like One, that's very expensive. You're talking about Gargos. He's a six mana card. Mm -hmm. Um, He's triple green, which is kind of hard in a deck like this. And I mean, I know I've got, you know, the war pig, but the war pig in here Mm -hmm. is going to be coming down when I'm winning anyways. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do have the uh, two mana X uh, Hydra that says uh, when you battlefield, you can either double the counters or have it fight something. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and a lot, you know, you'll notice a lot of this is on creatures, which is really good because you can bounce them with two lane and reuse their ability.
0: Mhm. Very cool. Definitely I'm starting to really see. I I do remember seeing early on when they were revealing these Brawl decks and people started actually playing them that they people were leaning seem to be leaning towards the true lane precon. Uh, how much would you say maybe percentage-wise or so that you changed that that list from uh to this one?
1: Uh you know, I'm not really sure because I this isn't the, the I didn't get the precon. Um I, I bought Tulane pretty much as soon as I could and then built, uh, built commander out of him and built this, uh, built brawl with mm. him, you know? So I okay. kind of built it from the ground up. So, oh, sure. Okay. Very cool. It does share a couple of cards, like the thorn mammoth, I believe came in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a few cards here and there that came in it, but I, I'm pretty sure it's, it's most different.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, that just goes to show that. Even in um, the not the regular Commander uh, product, but in the supplemental Brawl product, there's still interesting things in in those decks. And uh, you probably know about like that 2020. Apparently, is going to be a huge year for Commander. Any general thoughts on that? Oh, I'm super super excited
1: because uh, I, I am a little leery about the Commander draft. Um, mm-hmm. I just the. The cost of it seems absurd and the time investment of it. Mm-hmm. It just seems so long to be able to, to have to draft a commander deck and then build a commander deck and then play all of those commander. Yeah. That sounds daunting, but I'm super excited.
0: I, the more commander stuff, you know, we get the happier I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that seems on the one hand, very interesting, a commander draft. But on the other hand, it kind of seems like... uh perhaps trying to mash up two concepts that don't quite feel like they should really mesh.
1: Um, I mean, I disagree with that because, uh, you know, the more you mash things up, yes, it can get convoluted, but understand like you gotta understand that there's markets, right? There's people Mm -hmm. that, you know, one of my, one of my very good friends I stream with Samus Garobo. He loves draft. I don't like draft. I'm not a draft guy, you know, Mm -hmm. but I mean, I'll play it from time to time, but I'm not, I'm not a draft guy, you know, where I'm a commander guy and he hates commander, like he said (laughs) on multiple occasions, he's like, I don't want to play commander. Why would I want to play that format? That's stupid. You know? (laughs) So, you know, but when you're bringing those two together, that's when you have this, like this beautiful thing of, Hey, here is, you know, a format that me and Samus can play together Mm -hmm. because it's what we both love.
0: You both get something out of it. Right. So then, on that on that hand, then uh, maybe you know, Wizards trying a bunch of different things to find different markets. I, I guess uh, that's how they're going to keep Magic fresh and moving forward. It's been around twenty five years, and if it's going to be twenty five more years, they must uh, must have to try different avenues. And I'm pretty much all for it. You
1: you have to change. Like that's that's one of the things is you have to change. If you if you keep doing the same thing over and over and over again your your game is going to get stale people are going to leave the game and you're going to die but when you start doing these really interesting new
0: things even if they don't work hey at least you took the shot right yeah well as we wind down um we have a treat for the listener i believe you also have a version of this Chulain deck as a full commander deck do you want to give like any of the highlights of it we'll put it in the notes but any any highlights in that deck
1: uh, yeah. So that deck is a, is a straight combo deck. Uh, it is, uh, I, I can't really say that it's CEDH, but I would mm-hmm. say that it's close. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a learn deck. Um, so a learn is a four mana enchantment that says any player may cast, uh, converted mana cost three or less creatures without paying their mana cost, and they can cast them at, uh, at flash speed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so your whole purpose is get you laying down, you get an learn down and win the game.
0: Hmm. Are there very many other pieces on that? You just, I guess, you just need a little bit of ramp to get in that. It's double green, isn't it?
1: Well, so learn is double green. Um, the pieces that you need are definitely learn. You need a two lane. Well, you don't even really need two lane, really. You just need a way to draw a card. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can actually even combo in the deck without two lane. I just did that last week. I comboed on turn four mm-hmm. with, or no, even turn three with it because uh, you need. Um, a way to bounce a creature back to your hand, whether that be Cloudstone Curio or um, the there's a Drake. It's a one mana Drake that when it airs battlefield, you bounce a creature. Was that Shrieking Drake? Shrieking Drake. Yes. So when it airs battlefield, you bounce a creature. Hmm. So you play Shrieking Drake. If, if you haven't learn and you have a way to car- draw a card, you play Shrieking Drake, you bounce Shrieking Drake, you draw a card,
0: hmm. play
1: Shrieking Drake, you bounce Shrieking Drake, you draw a card hmm. and you want to win with Laboratory Maniac. Hmm.
0: hmm. Cool. Shrieking Drake was on my mind actually because I recently cracked a pack and that was one of the ones that I pulled. So uh, oh very nice pack fresh shrieking Drake. very nice. So this uh, nearly CEDH commander deck sounds pretty cool. We'll put it into the in the, to the show notes so uh, listeners of the episode will be able to, to get we'll uh, get three deck techs, two for brawl, one for commander. Any um any final thoughts on any of the cards or any of the state of things in Magic Arena at the moment? Uh,
1: no, I mean, I, I really enjoy this Chulain Brawl. Like I said, I've just been really enjoying Chulain. Uh, one thing I do want to point out about that nearly CDH deck is that, mm-hmm. uh, we, you know, we were talking about a Tribal earlier, and that it's a Tribal deck, actually. Uh, it is mostly Druids, so it is a Druid Tribal deck.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah, uh, Chulain himself uh, is a human Druid, isn't he? Yes. yes well that's cool when you when you can do uh, tribal on theme sort of thing and it's pretty powerful that's the best of both worlds right
1: right especially when you have like a, a deck that's you know a, a, a tribe that's not represented very much like druids I mm-hmm. mean who who plays druids you know what I mean like not yeah. many people play druids and I thought that was a cool tribe to be able to do with
0: Tulane and still be very very powerful yeah that's true well even uh there there were a couple of new creature types that were added in Eldrain. There was, I believe, Necromancer or what did they add recently? Uh, I'm I'm very much hoping that one day we can have tribal nobles. Tribal nobles, sure. Yeah, that was one of the creature types that used to exist back in the day, but then they kinda wiped it out, didn't they? Or did it never really exist?
1: There was never actually a noble, right? So we have like things like Falconrath noble, hmm. but he wasn't a noble. He was a vampire, you know, <laughs> but I'm hoping that we're going to get some errata on that and that like Wrath noble will be a vampire noble, mm-hmm. but, uh, noble is, is brand new.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. And I think we got maybe mouse mouse was new. Uh, mouse is a new token. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so just like we were saying that magic's got to change or it'll die. So we need more mice. Right, I I love when they bring out these like wacky kind of like you know new creature types. Mm-hmm. I think it does keep things fresh and different, and it, you know it's yeah we've got dragons and the usual zombies or whatever. But like you're saying, what about what, let's give druids some love or let's give nobles some love?
1: Right, right. I I wish that we could get a little bit more rogue love. I have a a mono blue rogue deck that I think that is not very good, but I love playing it because it's, it's thematic, you know? <laughs> uh, but if we could get some actual, like, you know, I, I would love for, for us to have a set where they're like, Hey, here's, here's five tribes that just have no, like no support for them whatsoever. Let's make support for these tribes.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm sure they, I'm sure th- you know, somewhere in the bowels of Wizards of the Coast, these ideas are there, and who knows if they'll come out, because apparently some things just take so long to come out. You know, Mark Rosewater's recently talking about that it took him, like, what, 10 years to, to bring out Throne of Eldraine, because no one wanted a fairy tale set, but they had to marry it with an Arthurian legend concept, and now here we have it, 10 years later or so.
1: Right. Well, I mean, we have, you know, people like, you know, you know, where we have Mauro, he's trying to do things, and we have Gavin Verhey. Mm-hmm. he's doing a lot of really cool things and not, you know, he's, he's a tribal fanboy too, you know? Yeah. So, it, you know, I, I have faith that we'll get something. Yeah, exactly.
0: I, uh, I think there's a lot of great, talented, smart people in the company and, and things will happen. It's just that uh, it takes time and effort and you got to print it and ship it and all of that, but we'll, we'll get, we'll get there someday. You just need the right set. That's all it is. You just need the right set. What do you think about maybe putting some of those things in, like, a a core set if, in theory, that's not tied to a lot of other things?
1: You know, I really think that, uh, you know, we could even – and again, this is is a problem that I have is this is, like, the market dilation, you know, but I think that having a set where – You have just like, hey, here is a set that is only for tribal stuff. And it's like, you know, you could do something like tribal wars, you know, something like that. It's just something that to increase the market to here's a target audience that we don't represent during standard season because a it's maybe it's not good enough or maybe it's too good in the in the fact of like slivers. Like people Hmm. have been having outcry for slivers for years now, but they can't figure out where to put them because every time they print slivers they just take over because they are so good. Mm -hmm. So I think we just need a set that's like, Hey, here's this fun, zany, wacky set where we can put in the slivers. We can put in the, the rogues. We can put in the, the mice, you know, Mm -hmm. and just have that one set. It's not standard legal. It's not going to affect standards. It won't affect modern, but it's here's, here's cards that you can play in your commander deck, your legacy deck, your vintage deck, you know, Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Well, who knows? Maybe one day we will finally get that support that we're missing for lizards.
1: Maybe <laughs> a togs. A togs. We'll we'll see the comeback.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, uh, we've covered a lot of concepts in uh, deck building with a focus on brawl and uh, meandered off on different fun topics here and there. And there's there's also a, a commander deck for people to check out. Uh, well, top hat. Uh, what else? Uh, what else do you want to say for the day? Uh, just, you know,
1: uh, like I said, I'm going to be getting a, a pretty hard schedule for uh, streaming and I'd love to have everyone. Uh, I am a variety streamer, so, you know, I may not be playing when I pop in. But, hey, you're more than welcome to pop in and say hi and bring up some magic stuff. And I'm more than welcome to talk about it, even if I'm playing Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, as long as I'm not playing my pen and paper game. I do I do run a, uh, <laughs> every two weeks, I run a uh, streamer uh, D&D game where everybody involved is a streamer. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Twitch streamer, uh, all Dungeons and Dragons online streamers. Uh, I do run that I'm a DM for that, which is dungeon master. If you're not familiar, mm-hmm. uh, during that, I cannot talk to the, uh, mm-hmm. the people because, uh, dungeon mastering is a, is a, a full-time job. Yeah. It's a full-time job. So I can't really mm-hmm. talk to the chat, but, um, it is really fun. Uh, we, it, we have a cool idea where we have, uh, uh I run the DM side. Uh, my, my good friend, Samus Garobo over at uh, twitch.tv, Samus Garobo, he, um, he runs the player side. So if you are interested, you can watch either or, or we do uh, multi-twitch, which is uh, a website that you can use to watch multiple streamers at the same time. And you can actually have my screen up and his screen. So you can kind mm-hmm. of get like both sides of it.
0: Oh, that's cool. Multi. So it's just called multi-twitch.com.
1: Yeah, so it's it's multitwitch.tv slash whatever whatever streamers you want to watch. So if I were streaming and VM Campus were streaming, you could go multitwitch.tv slash VM Campus slash Top Hat to Lab, mm. and you would have VM Campus's stream on one side and my stream on the other uh, on the same on the same website. You'd have both uh, both where you could see both of us, mm. and you can interact in both chats and be uh, counted as a viewer in both chats.
0: Wow, that's really cool. Um, isn't that cool how like these companies kind of open, not not exactly open source, but they open up some of their uh, API, I suppose, so that we can do some of these cool things like adding these plugins to your Twitch when you're playing Arena or doing something like this, like a multi-Twitch.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, it is really good. And it gives, you know, the ability to do things like this where, hey, we're going to play Dungeons and Dragons and you might want to see what are about to come up against but still see the players side Mm -hmm.
0: being that sort of like omnipotent narrator right right well, very cool. I stream on Saturdays, 11 p.m. Pacific time. It's pretty much magic. Oftentimes doing some draft, hanging out with people, doing some trivia questions here and there. I've been doing some crack packs recently, but not for magic cards. For cards that my local comic shop has unearthed from the vaults, like some old Marvel cards. Um, what did I open recently? I opened a pack of the Adams Family cards. So, you know, back in the 90s, so many of these properties had these cards after, you know, after Marvel, after Magic cards. I opened up a a pack of a a Terminator card game that I don't know how it plays at all. But apparently I have like a Sarah Connor card or something. Oh, very cool. (laughs) Yeah. So I open uh, different things there. I do some streaming, hanging out with people. That's every Saturday. Uh, People can find me on Twitch uh, or YouTube. Just search VM Campos. There I am. And I'm also on uh, Twitter, twitter.com slash Compos. So come and hang out. Yep. So the next D&D game, the the
1: D&D game did just pass. Uh, It was yesterday. So the next D&D game uh, will be on uh, December 12th at 5 p.m. Pacific time.
0: Good. December 12th Pacific time. Okay, cool. We'll put that in the notes and such and hopefully get you some more viewers and people hanging out.
1: Oh, yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. And like I said, uh, my Twitter, uh, check it out. And that's where I'll be posting my new schedule when I get it. Should be, you know, anytime now.
0: All right. Well, once again, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And Thank you for having me. I
1: look forward to the next time.
0: Cool. Thank you. This has been VM Campos, and I'll see you in the arena.